Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 86, Shall We Talk About Batman Now? We've got two segments for you this week. Uh, First is a regular segment featuring Neil, Scott, and Justin talking about superhero games. And then after that, we've got a bonus segment with Scott, JP, and Donald talking about the NHL playoffs. Enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today we've got two people with me. Uh, Neil Ranahan. Hi, hi, hi. And a uh, new staffer who you heard on the show for the first time last week, uh, Justin Baker. Hello. And we are going to be talking superhero games. Um, I guess it, it probably doesn't that, have to be... It is that time of year. You know, with That's Iron right. Three and Man of Steel Superman. coming up. Yeah. I mean, I mean Man of Steel or Hope Man or I don't know. <laughs> what his name is as of most recent trailer yeah um so yeah we're gonna talk superhero games i think it can be tied to any platform i think we'll probably get some on here that aren't necessarily on nintendo consoles but that's okay um neil i just want to start with you because you've had one drum that you've been beating (laughs) all since we decided to have this segment so why don't you open with what you view as the only good superhero game okay okay one uh we were talking about this before, and this is the best movie-based superhero game, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, That's probably there are other very good superhero games, um, but that is X-Men Origins Wolverine. But let it be known, not the Wii or DS version, but the <laughs> Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 version, or I believe it was called the the Unchained Edition or something like that. But I know that the origins of this game date back to just a regular Wolverine game that was being made by Raven Software, who's now just a Call of Duty house at this point. Um, and they were making this like mature-rated Wolverine game that was basically like God of War. And then that crappy movie came out, which <laughs> I think is more fun than people give it credit for. It's a piece of shit, but it's a fun piece of shit. Have you seen the trailer for the new one? Yeah, it's in Japan. <laughs> yeah, and it looks really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's the kind of thing that, like, I think they're going to make it too serious because the thing about X Men Origins Wolverine the movie is that it's all just about people getting their heads cut off. Mm-hmm. It's like throughout the entire movie, it's like Wolverine and Sabretooth bickering about how they just want to they want to cut each other's motherfucking heads off, and at the end of the movie, <laughs> they cut a dude's heads off. It's it's great. <laughs> like, is it like a great movie? No, but I enjoy it so much because it's just like so stupid and it builds on that stupidity. And that, oh, viol- that, that violence, that violence, kind of carries to the game too, right? I mean, I haven't played it, but I've seen plenty of like video footage. I mean, Wolverine's like literally like slicing people apart oh, in the oh, game, I mean, correct? The, the fucking movie was PG thirteen, but this shit right. is is a hard R as far as the <laughs> violence goes. It, it, I mean, it's God of War with Wolverine, which yeah, if you, if you think about it, it's perfect for the character, and that's really what it is: is that you get to be Wolverine in all his unadulterated glory. You get to slice motherfuckers up. There's one sequence where you like attack a helicopter, then take a dude's take a dude's body out of the helicopter and then hold it up to the uh, the blade of the helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> that does that's not even Wolverine. Like we're getting into full on psychopath territory. <laughs> yeah. What like, is Wolverine? Is... <laughs> what is Wolverine? <laughs> You know, I I could I I he he can get pretty rabid, but I don't see him hold, <laughs> holding someone into a helicopter blade. Keep in mind that like he jumped like fifty feet in the fucking air off a cliff onto the helicopter too. 
pretty uh, incredible. I mean, like the game, the game isn't totally flawless. Like you know, the you repeat a lot of like like basically it's the kind of thing where like you fight a really cool boss, but then you'll get to later in the game and it'll just be like, hey, remember that boss? Guess what? You need to be like four of them right now, and it's like they're yeah. not even hard. It's just just kind of like a monotonous process. But that that was a game in which I nearly got. I think I think the only thing I didn't do was beat the hard mode. Uh, I had like 970 out of a thousand gamer score for that game, which oh, wow, that big of an achievement horror. And that was just because I enjoyed the game. It had nothing to do with like wanting to get to a thousand or else I probably would have suffered through the hard mode. <laughs> Not bad. But if, and you, now, I mean, if, if you have an affinity for X-Men or Wolverine and you haven't played this game, I don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, unless you only have a Wii and DS, in which case uh, maybe you do know what the hell you're doing. Because those <laughs> games by all accounts were total crap. I actually talked to someone from Activision about the about this game uh, at a Skylanders event I went to. It was just like some like corporate guy, and he was just like, "Oh, what do you what do you think of Skylanders and stuff like that?" And so I was like, "It's awesome." And he's like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, "I'm in my twenties." Um, and then uh, we got to talking about like uh, you know he really enjoyed the Wolverine game. I'm like, "Oh, me too." I'm like, "Did you ever play the Wii version?" He's like, "No." <laughs> I'm good because the Wii version's terrible. Like we didn't get a review copy for that game. That's like it was the kind of thing. Like I really tried, and they were just like, "Nope, we don't have any." Yeah, that's not a very good sign. Yeah. Um, why don't you take this moment too before I move on to our next good game that we want to talk about to sort of um maybe talk about Spider Man Two a little bit. In the email thread, you said uh, right. pretty openly that Spider Man Two is shitty. Which uh, now I think I would probably agree with you. At, at the time, did you love yeah. Spider Man Two? Oh no, no. At the well, actually, uh, I guess not to not to hog this, but I'm just gonna mention uh, one of my other games that's on my little list because it is related. Would be the first Spider Man game on PlayStation One, which. That is a game that I assuredly it does not hold up. I can almost <laughs> guarantee you that fact. That game does not hold up at all. I mean, it it is a Spider-Man game where they openly make jokes about how you are slinging through like you're not attaching to anything. You're just going through the air. It's like level based, so it's pretty restrictive. But it was just fun because yeah. it was the first Spider-Man game that I've ever played that like Spider-Man didn't control like a like like I can't even think like a retarded panda or something where he's like flying through the air and like you try to use a web slinging and then he just like kind of falls and you're like, well, this is sad. I had a Game Boy Spider-Man game that was abysmal that I think was actually made by Rare or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I really liked that first Spider-Man game, PlayStation 1, and I played the movie game or Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man the movie, which was also kind of fun. And in that same vein, and Spider-Man 2 opened it up to the open world, which at the time was mind-blowing. Because all these Spider-Man games up to that point, and for the most part video games, were level-based. This was an open-world Spider-Man game. And, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, and then I think at some point I sold my copy of the game, but then when Spider-Man 3 came out, I was sold on the Wii version being good, and none of the versions <laughs> of that game was any good. Um, so I got Spider-Man 3, and there was some bonus where you got Spider-Man 2 for free when you bought Spider-Man 3. So I was like, oh, cool. I remember that game. That was a lot of fun. And then I played it, and that game is really bad now. It doesn't hold up at all. Because <laughs> all you're doing is, like, occasionally fighting villains, swinging around New York City, and then, like, saving kids' balloons. Yeah. Like, that's the entire game. I would well, say the... that I would say that the, the later one, like, Ultimate Spider-Man and Web of Shadows do that open-world Spider-Man way better. And that was the only remarkable thing about the game was just like 
being able to explore New York City in its entirety and, and swinging from one side of the city to the other. Like you said, it was the open world stuff that made it exciting, which at this point that's been done so much that an old like 10 year old game that's doing it is not going to be impressive whatsoever. Yeah. Cause other than that, yeah, it's just a bunch of shitty side quests and yeah, just beating up the same goons over and over in the middle of the street. You hear a lot of like the same like canned uh, like dialogue and stuff and yeah. it's bad. And I know I haven't played, I, I've reviewed the amazing Spider-Man game on Wii the other year which i mean it was, it was it was decent but it was you know a crappy wii version of yeah a game that apparently is substantially better at least according to zach and the the 360 ps3 version that was then ported over to wii u back in march um, yeah he's like in love with that game yeah and i think that the reason why is because that takes that base from spider-man 2 and then you know turns it into a better game yeah absolutely um at so mo- j- at least a modern game yeah uh, so, Justin, what, what's a game off of your list? Um, well, I didn't know how far back we wanted to go uh, because my favorite superhero games were from when I was a kid. Um, to continue the Spider-Man talk, the two that that stuck out the most for me growing up were uh, Maximum Carnage <laughs> and Separation oh, Anxiety. Those yeah. were those those were on my list. Yes. I wanted yeah. to talk about those too. Yeah, and mine as these well. these. It was really great because I had I have an older brother. He's about four years older than me, so there weren't a lot of games I could play with him because he was just you know amazing at him, and I was a little kid and thus terrible. But I remember these these two games. We spent so many nights playing them together, mm-hmm. and they're oh. just they're both phenomenal games. And I I remember it it doesn't seem the popular opinion, but I remember liking Separation Anxiety way more than Maximum Carnage. Well, that was the sequel, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it was one of those things where, like, it's trying to think of a good debate. Like, maybe like Mega Man 2 and Mega Man 3. Because Mega Man 2 is a great game. But the thing is that, like, Mega Man 2 introduced all these concepts that then Mega Man 3 refined. Mm -hmm. But it's just that Mega Man 2 was the one that did it first. So people hold it in higher regard. That's probably very true. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot more mechanically refined. Uh, if, If I remember correctly, a big thing for me was just they had a lot of different symbiotes in the game. Yeah. It wasn't just uh, Venom and Carnage. I mean, they had the full gambit. I think they had they they had a bunch of them. I can't really yeah, remember like how many there were. But... Shriek is the, 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 the <laughs> long-haired woman. Yeah, yeah. It's oh wait, here's the list. I got it. Um, <laughs> well, that, um, that was the whole like story behind the game, right? Because you, could, I think you could play as Carnage in the second one. Could you, yeah, or maybe I not? So. You you played as Venom. I know you played as Venom. I don't remember playing as Carnage. But, right, but the the bosses were all the different symbiotes. Yeah, right. The different symbiotes. Let's see. The symbiotes are Riot. Agony, Lasher, Scream, and Phage, I guess is how you pronounce Scream that. I think was the one that I thought was Shriek. I think yeah. Shriek. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm getting all my like weird characters with long hair that scream yeah, all, all mixed up. Obscure Spider-Man space villains. Yeah. Um, but those two were, they were really big for me. We actually, my brother was a huge Spider-Man fan growing up so we always had all the spider-man games i had the sinister six on nes oh geez uh which was think, garbage was maybe one that i never played which is good i mean a lot of those early spider-man and x-men games save the ones that we're probably going to talk about uh <laughs> they're kind of all garbage i remember that wolverine game on nes i wanted it so badly and then i finally played it and it was horrible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we i mean i also had a uh Speaking of good Super Nintendo brawlers, there was an Avengers game. What is it? Marvel Super War Nintendo. Of the Gems? 
I don't remember what it's called. I ha- I still own the cartridge. It's put away because it doesn't work. And it's a game that I bought when I was little, and it worked for about a month. And then I never got rid of it because it was so amazing. But <laughs> that I still have the cartridge. But that was uh, um, was it a cap? A really one? great one. I believe so. I'm, I'm um, pretty sure. I think might, that's War of the Gems. It might have been. That's not the fighter, is it? No. The well, no. The fighter is. I don't think really happened. Or was that? There's a Marvel there's fighter a that has like there's there's X Men Age of Apocalypse, but that's X Men. There's one that a Marvel one that has uh, like gems in the uh, title. It might have been later on. It might have been like PlayStation. Um, no, no, yeah, you're thinking of a different one because War of yeah. the Gems was a. Uh, there was a Super Nintendo brawler. That, that's actually okay. all about Thanos, who's you know, the big oh, okay. bad that's going to be in the movies. Right? Yeah, coming up next Avengers, hopefully. Um. So those were, I mean, just to continue the Spider-Man talk, those are two really big ones for me. After that, it really just kind of divulges into fighters and Batman games. Yeah, that, that's probably the logical <laughs> step. That's kind of where I went, too. I, I will say I, I love those those two games, though, that you mentioned. You've got, like, mm-hmm. with a little advertisement in the front saying that Green Jelly did the soundtrack as if that meant anything right. to us as kids. I didn't know who right. Green Jelly were, but I was like, okay, cool. And I'm oh, and obviously, um, uh, X-Men Arcade. Yeah, yeah. But, I was going to talk about that too. That the Atom or whatever. Or no, 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 never mind. Yeah, <laughs> Smart is fun. Yeah, with a crazy like six person cart with Dazzler, just period. Like what? Or what? not cart, but uh, yeah, that was, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I saw one of those at um, this place, uh, Indiana Beach, which is like a shitty amusement park here in Indiana. Um, but at well, in their like little arcade, they had the X Men arcade game with with six players. Um, Man. It was amazing. I, I vividly remember some place that I went on vacation. I think probably in North Carolina or South Carolina that had a player X Men arcade machine, and I tried to convince my family to play with me, and no one did. So I just played it by myself. <laughs> it, did you guys ever? And was like, I'll be in here. You guys can go out to the beach. Did you guys ever download it again on like um, XBLA or PSN? Uh, I, I have it on PSN. The demo. But once mm-hmm. again, tricking people to play it with me. Like, I mean, I think it holds up better than like, the <laughs> Simpsons game. It does, by yeah. Far, but it's still a beat em up, and they're kind of one note. Yeah, once you're not paying money to go around, it kind of loses yeah. its its luster. Right. But I, I I got it on PSN, and it's still it's still just huge fights over who gets to be Colossus every time. Yeah. So yeah. it's not really you know. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> yeah, the, that's unfortunate. But those brawlers, I mean, all of them, Simpsons, uh, the Turtles arcade game, I and mean, they just kind of fall apart when you remove that uh, that threat of like losing and running out of credits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, it's just something and, to that. And I guess the Turtles are superheroes to a degree, but like Turtles in time <laughs> still works for me on Super Nintendo, but that's mainly because like I grew up playing that game to kind of a similar extent as like Maximum Carnage. Um, but which, yeah, but see that, Scott, that's we the... actually tried to find a copy. We did it. Yeah. I, I <laughs> saw it at one of the used game booths and, and thought about it real hard. Right. Well, thought about buying it and then sneaking it up to the retro room where you're yep. supposed to rent games out and then just hijacking a Super Nintendo and playing it. We'll have or to do that next year. Or just buy it and be like, here guys, take this. By the way, I'm checking out a Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, to play this game <laughs> I've just given you for your library. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, um, yeah, but like with Turtles in Time, though, like it was designed... Um, I mean, I guess it was an arcade game, too, but I feel like that was more designed with console in mind so it, it kind of fits better on console and yeah. there's still the limitation that you can that you can die you can run out of continues right um, well plus they added content on the the super nintendo version if i'm not mistaken yeah i yep, believe yep. there's an extra level right 
Well, I think um, the level a with boss. Is that what well? I, mean? I thought I thought Slash was not in the arcade version, yeah, and he not. was added. So, okay, there you go. But that yeah. level, so I, would I think, was I would... still in the arcade version. It's just the boss is different. Mm. Mm. They added a level okay. to the NES arcade game, uh, yeah. like the snow level. It's pretty crazy. Yep. Um. So yeah, but yeah, that's where I was going to move next was fighters. Obviously, I think um, superheroes have translated really well to fighting. It's probably better than almost any genre. Um, maybe up until recent years with. The Batman games we'll certainly talk about in a minute here. Um, but, you know, like Marvel vs. Capcom, of course, has always been mm-hmm. just an excellent yeah. series um, that I, I've loved. Injustice is pretty it, Recently, yeah, exactly. DC's finally gotten into it. Because I think, like, the first DC versus Mortal Kombat game was kind of crappy. It was very I, crappy. I enjoyed it, but it was just... I mean, it was also during that time when Mortal Kombat itself wasn't even really that good. Whereas Injustice is coming out at a time when Mortal Kombat is awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. after the Mortal Kombat reboot, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those those two series, uh, well, I guess Injustice now and then the Marvel vs. Capcom games are just uh, amazing, I think. I do remember some kind of crappy, uh, I think it was X-Men fighting games. I think it was Activision put out a whole bunch of them on like PlayStation. And there was a GameCube one that I believe I got for a dollar at a Circuit City <laughs> in like oh, 2004. It was like... The, the weird thing is that it was like six months after the game came out. It was just like some weird glitch that I that I read about online. And then I went and got the game for a dollar. <laughs> well, that's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, great games. So should we just talk about Batman now? Because I feel like that's... Well, uh, well, I still have like five, <laughs> well, four other games that aren't Batman. Okay, well, go yeah. ahead because I want to hear that. I want to hear... Actually, no, technically five. Um, I guess we'll, we'll continue on that X-Men path. Uh, one the X Men Legends games and, and oh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance to a lesser extent, but those were good games. Yeah, I remember it was. I think it was maybe one of my friends had like a subscription to Game Informer before it was like in vogue to just like <laughs> everyone gets a subscription to Game Informer. It seems like yeah, just because like at some point you're at a GameStop and you're just like, oh, I may as well just get it. I mean, I'll get like I'll get the magazine and like I'll save some money, I guess. Yeah. Um. But I remember devouring whatever cover story that was the reveal of X-Men Legends and waiting with bated breath for that game to come out, and it did not disappoint. And I think the only reason I didn't get into the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games as much was because of when they came out. Like, X-Men Legends 1 and 2 came out when I was in, I think, high school. So it was at a time when I had a lot of free time, and i just sit and, like, just dive into these dungeon crawlers. And then the later yeah. two came out when I was in college, and... Not as into it. I think I reviewed Marvel of the Lions too. Um, I enjoyed it, but I mean, it just nothing nothing worked as well for me as the X Men Legends games. Those games were really good. I played through both X Men Legends games, and I think the first Ultimate Alliance with a with my ex girlfriend. But like, yeah, we just would buy those and just play through yeah. nonstop. They were they were a lot of fun. Like I I'm. I've always been tempted to go back and play through Legends 1 or 2 because, I mean, there's just something about the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games that didn't work as well for me, which probably might be the, I guess, maybe the divided focus. I think Yeah, I like too, much, too much going on. Yeah. yeah. Did um, either of you check out um, Rise of the Imperfects? Oh, Marvel Nemesis? Yeah, which came out kind of in the middle of the whole, like, it was either right before or right in the middle of when the Ultimate Alliance games were real big. Yeah, um, I remember it existing, that's it. 
Mm, okay, I was just curious. It's it's always intrigued me, and I didn't pick it up at the time because they invented characters for the game, which heard it just sounds like a terrible idea. Freaking bad. Yeah, <laughs> I think I played that one. Is that the? Yeah, I think I think I played that one. It was Maybe. like half established Marvel characters and half characters they made just for the game, which makes no sense because there's like ten thousand Marvel <laughs> yeah, characters you can use. It's like X Men Destiny, where it's like. Hey guys, it's an X-Men game. It's going to be really cool. Here, you can play as three characters that you don't give a fuck about. Yeah, that was bad. Well, even the first was... Legends game, didn't they have you start off as like a brand new like character that they invented for the yeah. game? F- yeah, but I mean... Fire was your special power. Blaze, yeah. did they call you? Yeah, but I, I feel like that was something that was like inspired enough. And it was also that like, it's not like they restricted you from playing as other characters. It was just like you controlled her when you walked through the mansion. That's and then true. when you actually got into a level, you could play as whoever the hell you wanted, which is all right. that mattered. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, um, continuing with the X-Men thing, uh, X-Men and X-Men 2 Clone Wars for the Sega Genesis. Um, oh, those games not, aren't good. Not really similar, but... And I wouldn't even say those games are that great. I just have a lot of fond memories with them. Uh, the first one is like tried to do interesting things with Is that the, the one where you have to press re- like reset at the main menu. Yep. yep. That's <laughs> I I legitimately like stumbled into that accidentally and it blew my mind. <laughs> um, so crazy. But it just like the the way that game works is that they just restrict your mutant ability so much to the point where it's kind of ridiculous. Like I, I do enjoy that game. Um mainly because I think when my brother and I got a Sega Genesis. It was like one of the three games that we had. Yeah. Um, and I really dug it at the time, but it was just like so unforgiving, so hard, but it had some great music and then it had really ridiculous out there stuff. I love like, the sound effects. Like it had, yeah. It, it had really like meaty sound effects. <laughs> like I, it's the kind of thing that like there are still certain things that like just trigger back those sound effects for me. Yeah, maybe I'll have to find like a gameplay clip and like just put the audio in at some point here because like, it really did have like great. It just sounded right great, now. and even like the the Sauron noise. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm playing it in my head. I could not verbalize it at all. So <laughs> if not, if he, if Scott, Scott or Mike or whoever's editing fails you all, go Google this game and check out the sound effects. It's it really great. Now that that's the one where Wolverine it would, he couldn't use the claws all the time, right? Like it would yeah. drain it drained your special meter to use your claws. Yeah, cause, cause that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think you I think you play as you can choose between Cyclops, Gambit, Wolverine, and Wolverine. Yeah. So you've got great. like the dork and then the three characters that everyone loves. If if they had classes playable, it would have been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I had the second one that was one of my only Genesis games except for like yeah. Golden Axe and Columns <laughs> and uh hey, Columns are pretty I, fun. I remember being so frustrated. I was like, it's a game about superheroes, and you're going to make it so I can't use their superpowers. Well, man, you so would have really... the first Genesis one because the Clone Wars <laughs> gave you so much more ability to do it stuff. It did, yeah. Really? Because even then it felt limited. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's always interesting when they make superhero games. It's like you kind of, to make it a good superhero game and for you to be a superhero and not just a guy that sometimes does cool things, you really need pretty unlimited access to your powers. Otherwise, it just feels cheap. Well, look at every Superman game ever, especially, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> what is it? I mean, not even Superman 64 because that one's just renownedly bad um, and it's made by a terrible company. Uh, EA put out the one for Superman Returns that ended up coming out like a year after the movie. 
but that was that was made by Tiburon, you know, that the house that Madden built and I guess EA Sports built. Um, and I was actually talking to uh, Peter Ong, who is a dude who uh, runs, or I guess he co-runs something like that, Dream Rift, the guys who made Epic Mickey Power of Illusion, uh, Henry Hatsworth, Monster Tale, all that jazz. But he was at Tiburon, and he went there when they were starting development on Superman Returns because he was interested into how, you know, a sports studio was going to make a superhero game. And then the whole story that goes with that is that realized how much of a clusterfuck the development of that game was going on and then him and i'm probably gonna mess up the name i think it's uh it's the dude who went and worked on little inferno and um oh yeah um ray i think maybe maybe i'm getting the name wrong i think it's kyle something with a g but they were working at tiburon and they just would go into work and work on henry hatsworth off in the corner because it was a big enough company where they could just kind of hide out and work on that game. <laughs> and then and then eventually well, they presented it, and they were like, this is, like, done. And they're like, okay, we'll put it out. That's how Henry Hasworth got made. Hmm. But back Excellent. to superhero games. Uh, yeah, I mean, that Superman Returns game is just... It tried to do something where you're protecting the city as opposed to dealing with Superman's health. So your health bar was the city. Oh, that's right. But it was just like... It had such potential, but it was just such a... Yeah, it failed. It failed so hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alright, I'll rattle off my last non-Batman game. Uh, okay. Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction. Yeah, that was good. Which actually does have a link to Batman, because uh, I think one of the dudes who was uh, lead designer on it or something like that, he's working on Arkham Origins as, I think, the director of the game. Oh, Okay. But Ultimate Destruction is awesome because it's an open world game where you're the Hulk and you jump around like you put cars on your fist and stuff. That's <laughs> really all you need to know. Yeah, I was uh, working at GameStop when that one came out and uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, you're right. It's the Hulk and you smash things. There you go. <laughs> yeah. If Job you notice, done. Like, no one's even really tried to make a Hulk game since because it's probably like, hey guys, how about we make a game with the Hulk? And they look back at that and they're like, well, they already did it. Like, We can't improve on that. <laughs> Well, they, there were a few Hulk games after it, right? That just weren't well, anywhere near as good. Well, it was just the one based off the movie that I think tried to do a little bit of that, but it was a movie game, so they were rushed. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of who did that, because I do remember that game coming out. I think that was like the first summer I started at NWR. But I think it was another one where they didn't give us the Wii review copy, probably for a good reason. <laughs> and the um, last just one... The- Oh, the, go ahead. The last Batman game before we get to the Batman games uh, would be Batman Vengeance for a launch game on the Nintendo GameCube. Which is- <laughs> we talked. We actually talked about that game a few weeks ago, just Zach and I, <laughs> um, when we were just doing a segment together. I can't remember why it came up, but it actually had like awesome like clips like from the animated series, right? Yeah. Well, they weren't from the animated series, but they were in that style, right? Yeah, and the same voice cast and everything. Yeah. And, and for that respect, like that game was really awesome. Uh, it's got some really weird mechanics, and it's kind of janky, but yeah. it's also a game that came out in 2001, uh, which, I mean, not that it completely absolves it, but it explains why it's like that. Yeah. But I really enjoyed that game. Like, it, it was a game that I got, I think, for Christmas with my GameCube. I got, like, Smash Brothers, Tony Hawk 3, which uh, I hold Tony Hawk 3 in regard as one of my favorite games, honestly. Um, definitely my favorite in that series. And then Batman Vengeance. And Batman Vengeance held its own against 
but I admit it's one of my favorite games ever, and Super <laughs> Smash Brothers Melee during that holiday season. High the holiday praise. season in which I used gift cards to get Wave Race and Pikmin. So, no, it's held up. Yeah, it was good. I remember it being short, but I, I, yeah. just the production value alone made it worth playing. Yep. I mean, I feel, also... that was the... Well, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like that was the first time we really started seeing production value like that in a in a licensed yeah. game. I mean, I know it wasn't tied to a movie, but just that was sort of unexpected to see that much. I mean, just the cutscenes and the voice cast all being present, like that was that wasn't like a guarantee at that time. Yeah, they did have that. I think it was a Sega Saturn Batman game that had like there's pretty much like a lost episode of the animated series that's in that game. Oh really? I think it was it, it was either Sega CD or Saturn. I forget which one. But the did you guys ever play the game's pretty shitty. Did you guys ever play the Batman Forever game? Um, on S- SNES or rights? yeah. Okay, yeah. So bad. <laughs> I played more Batman Forever than I have any other Batman game in my life. No. <laughs> yes, <Whoa>. because <laughs> let me <laughs> before we go down that path, the Batman the. The Batman animated series game, I think it's The Adventures of Batman and Robin on Super Nintendo, is awesome. Is that any well. good? Really? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of in the same vein as Batman Vengeance in that it's based off the animated series. Obviously, it's a Super Nintendo game, so there's no voice acting. But it's yeah. kind of like, it's like a greatest hits of like, here, we're going to take all these things from episodes that the Joker was in. So like, you're on a roller coaster, they have like the, the Joker bots with the guns for hands and stuff and then they have you fight the penguin i think poison ivy i don't think there's a two-faced level i feel like there's a fourth villain but i can't think of who it is yeah that game was pretty sweet but batman forever was horrendous i can't believe you played so much of it. i played a lot of it too though my mom bought it for us and i mean we were just we were so young it was like you just played whatever you had right and it as long as you're not moving any of the characters on the screen, the game the game looks really good. I mean, it does. So, it does. It, it basically, it does look a lot like. Um, well, in Forever, it was George Clooney. No, who was in Forever? Oh, was Val it? Kilmer. Val Kilmer. The, the and then best uh, Batman out of those four movies. <laughs> maybe. And then and then Chris O'Donnell. Like, I mean, it, the sprites. Look, I mean, it, it looks kind of like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, um, it was really. I mean, it. I, I remember we would spend. You know, we'd sit down on the weekend and say, hey, what game do we want to play? Well, let's play Batman Forever all weekend and see if we can get past the second level. Yep. Not because it's hard, but because it's just so horrible. <laughs> the controls, because you have to, like, use your bat, like, your, um, um, like, grappling hook to get from level to level, like, up and down. Or, yep. like, or, like, drop down a floor. But the controls were so difficult. Like, just getting the, the grappling hook to work <laughs> was, like, an achievement in itself, let alone winning actual, like, fights with enemies. Yeah, selecting it in your inventory yeah. was a fight yeah. to begin with. I mean, it, it was one of those games. It's right up there with Mylon's Secret Castle as not a good game that I have poured way too many hours <laughs> into. I mean, to this date, I've played um, both the Arkham games. I've still played more forever than I have oh either of Oh, my gosh. Yeah, me and my brother, Easily. same thing. I mean, it was just it was a game we had. It was co-op, and you just didn't realize that it was the game's fault that you couldn't do these things. You just kind of right. thought you weren't doing it right. Oh. Exactly. I, I did and, have a very unfortunate moment. Because uh, there's also another crappy Batman game, surprise, surprise, from that era. The Adventures of Batman and Robin on Sega Genesis, which shares the exact same title of the much better <laughs> Super Nintendo game. I think I saw it at like a, a flea market or something back when I was, like I guess it would have been like 10 years ago, when I was kind of starting to gather a bunch of Genesis and Super Nintendo games. And I was like, oh, I heard this game was really cool. 
And then I got the Genesis version. And I came home and I'm like, what the hell is everyone talking about? This game's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Justin, how about another good game from your list? I think you still have a few more. Um, let's see. I am down to uh, Injustice and Batman NES. Oh, Batman NES is good. That I, is, that is. I think that is my favorite Batman game. I've never played Batman NES. Oh, you should. No. Do you like Ninja Gaiden? Yeah. Then you will love Batman NES. Uh, I should finally play it. It's one of those games that, like, yeah. it, it's like if I ever find it cheap, I would probably get it and then play it, but I've never really found it. It's one of those things, like, it's, it. I mean, when I found it, it was, like, $3. I mean, it's not expensive when you do find it but it is oddly rare i guess yeah. just because people scoop it up because it's batman yep um there was also the sequel return of the joker on nes mm-hmm. i believe yeah. mm-hmm. is what it's called and that game it's not that great it's really brutally difficult but it's got really really awesome art for an nes game yeah i never played that one but the first batman is really great yeah the first batman i just recently did a playthrough for a podcast and it was it's still a just a great game it's based off really. the based off the movie right um technically it's one of those things where they have these kind of crappy cutscenes, and when you see those you can tell it's based off the the 1990 movie yeah but the rest of the time it really has nothing to right because it's it an all. it's an nes game about a movie so right. of course it's, it's yeah. never like actual scenes from the movie i mean play, but, play the back to the future games <laughs> yeah it feels oh, like God. a straight up ripoff <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so, yeah, Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City, I guess, are the two we haven't talked about yet. Um, I think both amazing. Do you guys have a favorite out of the pair? I I don't know if I can pick a favorite. I like them both equally, I think. I started Asylum and was like, well, this is cool, but eh, and put it down. And then I got City, played all the way through it, thought, wow, that was really good, and then put it down. I've, I've... They're, they're to me they're both really solid games and they're a lot of fun they don't seem to have hooked me the way they have so many other people though mm-hmm. yeah for me it was with both games it was kind of like start game ignore life finish game <laughs> yeah i mean i definitely yeah for sure i played straight through it you know it wasn't it was a marathon but it it just i didn't want to go back and get all the riddler trophies oh, and no, all the you I, know it, oh yeah i don't mess with any of that stuff yeah i, I, I was, was like this is no batman nes as i would see them but i wasn't obsessive about it no a lot of them are I mean, just so difficult i didn't really have the time to invest in that but just the core yeah. game the core game uh, just yeah. spread across both i i just really love um, yeah, the combat asylum, especially i mean asylum was i guess I know. I think if Mike Sklens were here, he would talk about how um, it's Arkham a Metroid Asylum game. is like Super Metroid, but with Batman and in 3D. Yep. And I, I guess I just don't see it as that much different from Arkham City. Like, obviously, Arkham City is a little more expansive, and they do make it—you know—you're going around a city as opposed to just going around a like an enclosed facility. Um, but I feel like in, in Arkham City improves on a lot of the mechanics, and and the good thing that I really like about that game is that it doesn't just give you the same power-ups over again. It's kind of like you get a lot of those power-ups that you had before at the outset, and then you get more on top of that, which kind of makes it a little Mm -hmm. confusing because you have so much. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit too much. It's kind of why I wanted to check out the Wii U version. I don't know how much on the gamepad can help with that, but I always felt like... I would kind of stick with the same like few combos or special moves because there were so many like crazy button inputs to memorize if you wanted to try to use everything that it was just too much. 
Yeah, you definitely abandoned some skills by the end of the game. I mean, at the end, I was like, all right, here's the three things I actually use, and then everything else I have to pause it and Google how to use it again because yep. I've forgotten. Yep, yep. absolutely. Yeah, like, so I definitely just... recall some puzzles scratching my head, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I had this. Had this one <laughs> gadget that I haven't used in 10 hours, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just great games. I, I love, especially Arkham City, I love how much it pulls in from the sort of Batman universe, both, like, characters well-known and, and less known. Yeah. Um, well, the one thing that I really love about Arkham City, and it's kind of a bummer that the next game is a prequel because it won't follow up on any of those threads, but first off, I mean, the story takes some really interesting turns throughout it. And, I mean, is it that huge of a surprise? No, but it manages to bring in so many Batman characters and villains mm-hmm. that, like, who cares if the story's absurd? It's fun. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also all the side stuff that, like, um, I guess these are kind of minor spoilers. If you're that concerned, they probably won't mean anything to you if you're not a interested in that it basically would be a it wouldn't be a spoiler if you even knew what the hell i was talking about <laughs> but they have stuff where like they have Azrael, um who was batman after he or i think he was like a guy who tried to replace batman when batman got his well, back broken during the nightfall arc he yeah. was he did replace batman briefly yeah and then there's uh the stuff with uh tom thomas elliott who's hush in uh and um you know batman hush and it's like this kind of fucked up shit where it's like he's um, killing people and taking their faces. And yeah. At the end, mm-hmm. he made Bruce Wayne's face and he like, you're on the other side of the chain. You're on the other side of the bar. And it's, you know, this dude with this, like, you know, pasted together face that looks like Bruce Wayne. And then he talks about how he's like, oh, you know, I'll be seeing you and walks out. Yeah. Although I won't lie. I did not finish all of those. Because I, after I played through the game, I lent it to a friend of mine. I didn't get it back for a while. And I, I didn't get to finish all the side stuff, so I just YouTubed it all. <laughs> I did, like, ha- like I was, like, halfway through, and I was like, oh, I'll get it back from him, and then I'll finish it. And I got it back from him, and I tried to go back into the game. And I was just like, it's been, like, two or three weeks. I don't really remember what the hell I was doing. I'm just going to yep. watch these on YouTube. There you go. I lost nothing. It was really cool to see all those videos. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just like exactly that kind of stuff, just pulling from the comics with all these obscure things while also featuring enough like well-known characters and arcs that any any fan of, of yeah. Batman or DC at any level can appreciate the game. I think that's great. And plus Mark Hamill. I mean, come on. It's Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sucks, man. He's, he's not going to be back for any other games. I was going to say, he, he said that's his last one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, well I, if you played through Arkham City, then you know that it is. Yeah, it, it doesn't one. matter anyway. because well, yeah. it's a freaking prequel. So. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why they did it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that is probably why they did it. But I still don't think that Mark Hamill will, uh, will come back and voice the Joker for the prequel. They don't even have Conroy coming back as Batman. Yeah, you know, I I did like how much uh, Batman lore they pulled in, and this this I know is an unpopular opinion. I don't feel like they did enough. I feel like I've seen the Penguin and Joker since I was like in diapers. I'm so sick of the Joker. I'm so sick of these these same villains. I mean, yeah, they have other guys. They're in there, kind of side missions. But they're, side they're on quests, the side. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it's why I was so into the Brave and the Bold cartoon show. I mean, it's all completely obscure, weird Batman stuff you've oh, never I love heard that of. Show. 
Yes, and well, I guess we could even touch on the game. Way Forward oh, did yeah, the game, and Ivan, yeah, 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 Ivan played it, but it was supposed to be a really great Batman brawler. I think I got like halfway through the Wii version, um, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I reviewed the DS version, and I think I beat it in an hour and a half. Like, 100%. <laughs> I heard it was short, but yeah. holy crap, was that an incredible hour and a half! <laughs> like, there was one point where it- you are a Batman. That, like Batman is on top of like Gorilla Grodd or something, or maybe it's Ultra Humanite because Gorilla Grodd's a villain. Um, some some ape like character. He's just chilling on top of him. You're going through the level. Uh, you have like a some ability where Aquaman comes through and just basically rains down, like comes in on a whale and hits people. <laughs> kind of the precursor to his awesome injustice special move. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And it's all beautiful sprite animation, too. I would actually you know, go back and read my review. I don't really remember much else about the game other than what I just said, but it was a lot of fun <laughs> for an hour and a half. Yeah, and I mean, it may just be because I'm a huge Batman fan, so it's like, yes, Mark Hamill's the Joker. It's great. I love that they have him there, but I'd really honestly rather see something new and different, yeah. you know? I guess the I mean, side but... stuff for me did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that that's that is really where all the obscure stuff is. I mean, you're right. The main quest isn't going to feature anything like that. I mean, you pretty much know everyone. Even like someone like Razagul, you know now from the movie. Um Right. So I mean obviously if you want normal people that don't have like Batman comics hanging on their walls like I do to buy the game, <laughs> you need to put the Joker yeah. and the penguin and everyone in it prominently. Right. So I mean I understand the reasoning, but that's right. what might be interesting about Arkham Origins, is that right now it's the black mask and uh what is it, uh Deathstroke? Or no, Deadshot? I always get them confused. <laughs> what the hell is um, name? It's probably Deathstroke. Yeah. Deathshot but I don't remember. Yeah, Deadshot is in Suicide Squad. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so could be Deadshot, but probably Deathstroke. I think it's Deathstroke. Um, yeah. And I think they revealed someone else. And then there's the rumor that the Joker might be in it, which I guess would be cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I mean, God, they've. I, I feel like with going to the prequel they have more of an opportunity to go a little weird. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't have him in there a little bit. I mean, they probably have hundreds and hundreds of hours of audio recorded and they could probably put they could probably put something in there. I I doubt he's going to be 100% absent, but yeah. Well, I mean, they could use the guy who voiced the Joker in Injustice. I thought he did all right. Yeah, yeah he, he did. Joker. That was a good Joker. You know, um, so maybe that was you, his tryout. You know who did a pretty damn good Joker? Um Crap, I'm blanking out on his name. The guy who voices Bender in uh, Batman um, the Red Hood. John DiMaggio. It's something... Yeah. yeah. I didn't know he did Joker. That's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah. Um, now, Scott, you should... Uh, it might be on Netflix Instant, uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. One it is. Red. I almost watched it the other day, but I watched yeah, a different one instead. It's real good. After Because after playing so much Injustice, I was like, I want to watch some like freaking stuff on Netflix. So I like I watched... Oh, wait. What did I watch? I think I watched Year One. Uh, I... Um, I, I I mean, Year One's a great story. I just hate that movie. I think yeah, it was just like okay. A comic. Yeah, and it felt like just a bunch of like connected. I don't know, like random scenes sort of just strung together that didn't like really. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't feel like one cohesive story. Yeah. I would say it's a good supplement to the comic, but I would yeah. read the comic. Yeah, because yeah, the, the comic is great. oh my god. And then I watched some Justice League stuff too. Yeah, um, yeah, because now they have uh, like that entire run is fantastic, and they have both seasons or both series up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, I mean, just kind of going on this DC animated universe tangent because I'll always, <laughs> I'll always take that up. I watched the most recent one, and we might do a bonus segment on that. I'm not sure. Um, 
but uh, Superman Unbound, and it was pretty good. I mean, not Superman fighting Brainiac, which it's kind of funny in the special features. Uh, it's the one dude, Jeff Johns, who I think he's just like like the creative officer at DC or something, and he's kind of like the liaison between like the movies and the comics and stuff like that. Yeah, well, um, he did. He was big. He did the Blackest Night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he was. He's uh, I think he was a comic writer yeah. for like a decade. I think he worked with Richard Donner at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he made a comment in one of the bonus features on uh, Superman Unbound, being like, "Who knows what Brainiac will come up with next?" And I was watching it with a friend of mine, and I was just like, "Brainiac's going to be shown at the end of Man of Steel. Count on it." It's just like this really ridiculous tease at the end of that, being like, who knows where it'll show up? It could be anywhere. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Carl, I mean, Carl was spouting about that uh, a couple weeks ago, but I was like, I think Brainiac's behind all, like, General Zod and Man of Steel. I'm excited for that movie. Yeah, me too. I don't really like Superman, but that movie looks like it takes it in interesting directions, so. Yeah. Uh, it looks pretty fun. It can be worse than the last Superman movie. No, nothing could so, be worse. No matter that. what. Remember when the most exciting part of that movie was like his kid throwing a piano or whatever? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're like, look, something happened. Yeah. Look, <laughs> some tension. I think uh, I went through a phase as probably most um, most kids when they're 18 to 22 go through um, <laughs> in the past decade where I was super into Kevin Smith. And I saw one mm-hmm. of his Q&As shortly after Superman Returns came out. And someone asked what his thoughts were on it. And he basically was just like, you know what it really could have used? A fucking giant spider. Which, <laughs> you guys listen to Kevin Running Smith joke, all, yeah. He made a comment about yeah. how it was like the, the crazy producer on Superman was just like, he needs to fight a giant spider in the third yeah. act. Yeah. And then they put it into a wild, wild west. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like you see Superman Returns and you're like, you know what would have made this better? If he fought a giant spider in the third act. <laughs> Because it's true. Like, that movie was just boring. He didn't have any fight at the end. It was just kind of like Lex Luthor kicked the crap out of him. And then, like, he threw some ground into the sky, I think. I, I don't even remember. And then they never see was, each other again. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. And they, it was the. I, who played Lex Luthor? Because he was the worst Kevin Lex Luthor. Spacey. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. Oh, my God. That, who, who thought that would be a good idea? Yeah. Uh, Gene Hackman. Oh, there you go. He was like, you know who we need for Lex Luthor? <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Yeah. You guys ever see K-Pax? There you go. Yeah. You know who we need for Lex Luthor? Clancy Brown. That, that is the voice of Lex Luthor. I do love how if you watch all those animated shows, you can't really tell if he's black or white because they just leave it ambiguous throughout like the entire show. Where like in one episode he'll be slightly darker colored, and in another one he's he's super white. <laughs> well, I think that brings us to the end of this segment. Um, yeah, I think so. I think we've said all we have to say about yeah. superhero video games. Yeah, playing justice. Yes, yeah, I mean there's Everyone. a Deadpool game coming out for not Wii U. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I mean. The Deadpool game looks interesting, but I don't know. A lot of breaking the fourth wall, of course. And heard people I, say it's funny. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they had a gameplay trailer recently, and I haven't seen it. Maybe I'll watch that after we're done this. <laughs> well, it's uh, High Moon, isn't it? I mean, they yeah. did some really awesome Transformers games. Yeah, I played like a demo of one of those games, and it seemed fun. 
Yeah, War for Cybertron uh, was their first one. I played through that, and it was a phenomenal Transformers game. Yeah. I just want Beast Wars. I don't like Transformers. I like Beast Wars. I, want a good <laughs> I Beast thought Wars I liked game. Beast Wars till I went back and tried to rewatch it. Turns out I don't like Beast <sighs> it's Wars. It's still got to be better than going back and watching the Transformers <laughs> show. <laughs> Um the the 1986 Transformers movie the animated film oh, still is great. well yeah that I is, mean that, that's it's classic amazing. Yeah. I remember like, seeing the on. first Transformers movie and I mean the first Transformers movie really wasn't that bad I like the the one with the beef in it um <laughs> yeah like that one really wasn't that bad and after that I was like guys let's watch the 86 one I haven't seen that in forever and at the end of that movie I'm like that was way fucking better than that movie. <laughs> Just that soundtrack, man. Stan Bush. Yeah. Come on. Come on. You got the touch, man. <laughs> no way. I'll still say the episode where Dinobot quotes Shakespeare the entire time is better than anything. I think yeah, that, that is pretty good. But that come rescues on, they, they do Beast have Wars. Weird Al. Um, in a... Yeah, Dare to be Stupid. Yep. Weird Al track. <laughs> That's true. God. I love that movie. What a, <laughs> what a awesome. Brilliant, just like touchstone of the 80s. I mean, it's like everything you want. And then Eric Idle voiced like the stupid robot or whatever. Yeah, and Leonard Nimoy, yeah. Orson Welles. Yeah. I mean, Orson Welles on. like the last role he was in before he died. Yes, I think it was. Wasn't yeah. it? It might have been. He, he made, I think there's some quote from him where he's just like, like, like someone asked him what he was doing. And he's like, I don't know, some fucking thing with toys, <laughs> <laughs> some dumbass cartoon. Yeah, his last quote before he dies is "fuck it." <laughs> like there you go. And then he did Transformers movie. It's a it's a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> Like coughing up blood. It's a paycheck. <laughs> Guy's yeah. got to live. And then he dies. Some great movies. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, little, let's wrap the shit up. Before little Transformers tangent. <laughs> All right. Well, Justin, Neil, thank you for being here. Uh, if we if we haven't talked about your favorite superhero game, if we've somehow missed it. Uh, post in the talkback thread. Tell us what it is. Why it's so great. Uh, yeah. Talk about the games we talked about. I mean, whatever you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I I love superhero stuff generally uh, oh, so yeah. i'm always interested to hear of other superhero games i might have missed or that we oh. forgot to talk about because that's the more likely scenario yeah i'd say so and if you love batman forever be sure to write in <laughs> yeah because i want to talk to you we need to <laughs> we start need... a we need to start a support group yeah we need to get you help yeah i'd say <laughs> so awesome all right well i'll talk to you guys later all right bye 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 Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and please rate and review the show on iTunes. Now we've got a bonus segment for you about the NHL playoffs. Quest is eight.
62 shots of the series. Rangers win it 5 0. They're off to face Boston in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Again, it never got all the way through. Marshawn with it. Hands it off. First one, a shot. Rebound, chance of court. Taking the set. Puck up. Free score! Between Bergeron, who tied the game and won it in overtime. Hello everyone, and that is right, we are back with another bonus segment all about the NHL playoffs. Hooray for, surprisingly, about 10 of you who listened to this, which was about 10 times more than I thought it would be, so that is exciting. Uh, once again, I'm with Donald Terrio. It takes about three days to recover from being kicked in the groin and having your heart ripped out simultaneously. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and then uh, J.P. Corcoran. As someone who's had to deal with Flyers goaltending, I know the feeling. <laughs> I would imagine so. Um, so yeah, we're going to revisit now our uh, predictions from the first round, talk about some of the more exciting series, um, especially uh, involving one of our favorite teams here. Um, and then we will look forward to the next four series, which as we're recording this, uh, I think each has a game underway. Um, LA and San Jose are playing uh, right now, but we don't know the outcome of that. So each each series has played a game to this point. Um, right here, so right now... <laughs> Oh, Ra- oh right. Rangers Boston is in overtime too. Too. Oh, that's right. We might get a live should, should update. Stop <laughs> we will get a live update from JP when that game finishes, uh, which will not be live for you because by then you will know the outcome. But it'll be live for us. <laughs> yeah, don't don't pay attention to hockey and learn about the outcome of that game from me. <laughs> yeah. If if you needed to learn the outcome of that game from JP now, like two days later, my guess is you aren't listening to this segment because you aren't a hockey Probably fan. Not. <laughs> so let's get right into it. I figure we'll just go through each series in the same order we talked about it last week. I've got what actually happened, and I've got our predictions here, so we can see how wrong we mostly were. Uh, but not with this one. Um, the first series we talked about last time was Pittsburgh versus the Islanders. Um, and as we all predicted, Pittsburgh won. But I think it was a little bit uh, maybe scarier for Pittsburgh fans than, than we thought it might be. Uh, Fleury showed up in his full <laughs> playoff form. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? That was pretty amazing. Um, I think especially, let's see, it must have been game four 
where he just completely fell apart. I think the final score was like six to three. Um, and I mean that, that final goal where he's like laying on the ice halfway in his net, like with his paddle, like sort of down on the ice, not really. And then sort of just directed the, the puck into his own net. That was something special. I remember before the season started and people, some, there were people who questioned Pittsburgh signing Thomas McLean to be their backup goaltender. Like it, it doesn't seem stupid now, does it? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, the Pittsburgh pretty much won that series in spite of Flurry, not because of Flurry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it takes something special to make Nabokov look good in that series because Evgeny Nabokov was absolutely terrible as well, yeah. but not the worst goalie by far. <laughs> that was just—I mean, it, it was funny how much it echoed uh, the Flyers and Penguins from last last season. Except, um, and I know not it, quite to that extent, but yeah, it, it, it had the it had, you know undertones. Sure. Right. And it, if, if, you know, go, go ahead. It, it didn't have as much fighting, unfortunately, but yeah. Well, that's true. I guess I mean in terms of just outrageous goalie performances in the worst ways possible. Not as many dozen goals either. <laughs> that's true. That series was uh, incredible last year, but this one was, was almost up there. And if Pittsburgh hadn't signed uh, Bokun and didn't have that to fall back on, I mean, I mean who knows what yeah, happens. That was, I mean, that was money well spent. I mean, I think. The Pittsburgh GM was up for the, the award. I forget which which the award is for GM, but he was up for it. And I think you look at what he's done, it's like Bokun and everything else he's done over the course of the season. He's a strong candidate for it. Yeah, the executive yeah. of the year, and yeah, definitely. I mean, he's got some tough competition, certainly, but signing Bokun might be the difference between them making the finals and going out to the Islanders in the first round. Yeah, un- unbelievable. Well, That's mention all the moves they made during the season. Yeah. Yeah, and and like we talked about last time, Aginla and Morrow and everything. I mean, yeah. that was good, good, smart moves. Uh, but Bokun obviously now looks like the best <laughs> decision of all. Um, seeing how Flurry played, and now everyone's saying, well, "Are they going to buy buy Flurry out?" And you know, after the season, before the next season starts, I don't know. But obviously, he's got something going on. Um, and now Bokun just started the past two games. Uh, or past, well, now it'll be, I guess, three games. He finished the, the series against the Islanders, and he played the first game against the uh, Senators, yeah. which we'll talk about in a minute. But, uh, yeah, not good for uh, for um, Flurry there at all. So, yeah, but we all predicted Pittsburgh to win. I, we didn't really pick a number of games that they would win in, but we knew that that would end up Pittsburgh's See, way, and I, it did. As you'll go on to find out over the course of this segment, I was wrong about a lot of these things. But this is like one I really wanted to be wrong. Yeah. And oh, I, I, I for sure. I mean, there's something kind of special. I mean, obviously, I didn't want it to happen with the Hawks, but there's something kind of special watching the first seed get knocked out by an eight seed, especially when everyone's so high on. I mean, everyone just loves Pittsburgh, and I, you know, has been predicting them for a while to to be contending for the cup. And so there's always something kind of special about watching a team I mean, like I mean, that I mean, fall I mean, apart. Right there, I mean, a little point that everyone loves Pittsburgh. I was going to say, by everyone, <laughs> do you mean the league office? I was gonna say, yeah, office, yes. media, Maybe that kind office, of stuff. NBC. Obviously, not, not, yeah, not fans. Um, but yeah, well, and we'll talk about uh, NBC and NHL conspiracies in a little bit with another team that got bounced in the uh, the first round. Um, a little bit of whining going on. But the next series then to talk about was Ottawa and Montreal, which we all had wrong. We believed it would be Montreal in about seven games. I think was the consensus. We believed it'd be long and drawn out. And that was not the case. Ottawa won it in, what was it, five or six? Five. Five, yeah. I mean, that, that was, no, I don't think anyone saw that coming. I, I mean, that was yeah. 
apparently Eric Carlson's deer antler spray paid enough dividends that they were able to survive, you know, the big... They're just firing on all cylinders right now. Ottawa is playing, like, everybody on that team is playing the best they've played all season right now. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I mean it, hey, the, if you can pull that, if you can pull that together in the playoffs, I mean, they lost to Pittsburgh in the first game, but I would watch them. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to think, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into this series in just a minute here, but you got to think Vokun, you know, I mean, he's Vokun. He's not going to have shutouts every, every series or anything. He's, he's good, but he's not that good. Right, exactly. He'll come back down to earth and I think things will even out. Um, but yeah, big surprise. Well, price goes down in game four, right? Uh, right before overtime, probably the worst time you want your goalie to go down. I mean, you don't want your backup coming in. Uh, hopefully at any point in the playoffs, but definitely not coming in cold before the start of overtime where one goal is going to be it. You don't want to be forced to put your back <laughs> No. And um, that's exactly what happened. And what Peter Budai, he comes in and gives up not the greatest goal in overtime and then starts the, the final game. That's a must win for Montreal. And it they definitely don't win it. <laughs> not even close. He gave up some really bad goals almost immediately in that game. And that was all she wrote. I well, at least it was over quickly for me. <laughs> well, yeah, because this is a series you did, yeah you were saying you wanted to end in a tie with both teams eliminated, so at least you got one eliminated quickly and got to move on. Um, yeah, five games. We said Montreal in seven. We said it was going to be a low scoring, kind of gutsy affair that was going to drag on for a while, and that was couldn't really be further from the truth, I guess. But oh, there was. There, oh, was there was one some sweeps. The, uh, there was yeah, a sweep. In the, yeah. yeah, in the uh, in the West that we'll get to. Um, and then you did have the game of shenanigans. I think it was game three, maybe, where you had the point in the third period where there was basically no one left on the benches. You had the full line brawl, and yeah. then even the next shift, uh, there was two more fights, I think. Um, and I, I believe it was game three. Yeah, it was game um, three. It got to the point that Senators captain Daniel Alferson was playing defense because yeah. so many defense for Ottawa got thrown out of the game. Unbelievable. And then you had game one with the, the huge hit on the, um, you know, I can't remember his name now from Montreal, but uh, the huge hit where he, he, you know, spun, hit his head on the ice and, and broke his nose on the ice and blood shooting out everywhere. It was, and, I think it was Eller, but all I remember from that is player 61. <laughs> and then you had the, the Ottawa newspaper the next day had a picture of it and, you know, it was like kind of playing it up and talking about how bloody of a game it was and everything and kind of maybe not the classiest move for Ottawa, but... What are you going to do? That's the Ottawa media for you. Yeah, and these are two teams that don't like each other, and that's what's going to happen, I guess. Um, so Pittsburgh and Ottawa, then. I mean, I, this kind of fell in perfectly aligned, so we might as well talk about them. As uh, JP said, uh, Pittsburgh already took game one in a pretty commanding fashion. And, um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I like we said, I think Vokun comes down you know, back to earth, and I think Ottawa wins... I, th- I think Ottawa will win the series, actually. I do. You know, really? They were able to sign Vokun as a backup. You, a guy like that can have a run, but if you're counting on him to make a deep, deep run into the playoffs, I mean, that's going to be holding your breath with Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. Well, as long yeah, as, long as it's good. not flurry, the thing, I think Pittsburgh will be fine. I mean, Ottawa is getting a lot of the players that they had injured back. I think mm-hmm. uh, Laton Dress will be coming back for Game 2, and there's a possibility that Jason Spezza... Or one of their leading scorers for the last several years might come back before the end of they, the series. Yeah. They've been they talking been, about that. They've yep. been decimated by injuries all season, so they're getting hit with the right time if they can put it together. 
Yeah, but I don't think they'll be able to pull it together in time. I think Volkun will be, be late, yeah. yeah, Volkun will be steady enough, and it's this Pittsburgh team is just way too good at this point. So I'm I've got Pittsburgh really? in five. I mean, you got like yeah, I think outside of like if Crosby gets hurt again or something like that, then we'll be sure. But I, I think if, if a barring something like that, I guess I'm going to pick against the Senators and for the, the Penguins again, even though I, <laughs> I'd rather pick the other way. But my my gut says yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the opposite of that. I'm gonna say that, uh, and it's gonna go six games, and I think Ottawa's gonna pull it off. I think either game two or game three, Vokun's gonna get blitzed. Uh, they're gonna lose that game, and then there's gonna be this big controversy about who should start. You stick with Vokun, or do you try going back to Flurry? And I think, I think they're gonna go back to Flurry, and I think that's gonna be the downfall. That's uh, that's my guess. I so. would like nothing better than this <laughs> Pittsburgh eliminated from these playoffs. So I really hope you're right. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Yeah, we'll see. We will definitely see. Um, and so moving back to the first round then, uh, we had the Capitals and the New York Rangers. Um, we believed it was going to be Washington in about seven or six games, is what uh, the general consensus was, and it ended up being the New York Rangers in seven games. Um, close series all the way through up until the, the last game, really, uh, when New York just decided, nah, we think we want to make it to the second round and just kill them 5 nothing. Yeah, instead of the the famous gif of Ovechkin's controller getting unplugged, it looked like the entire Capitals team got unplugged. <laughs> God, that that gif was so good. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing from the past month. <laughs> um, but yeah, and Ovechkin had a really bad series. He scored a goal in the first game, and then that was it. Nothing for the rest of the series. I think maybe an assist, um, yeah. but not much. And then actually went to play for Team Russia in the... Um, in the World Championships, and he's yeah. already eliminated there too. Eight yeah, three at the hands of the U.S. <laughs> yeah, so uh, rough times for Ovechkin all around. And I guess his foot's fractured too. They said uh, so he's playing on a fractured well, foot. If he's so. get hurt. This is probably the best time to do it. Well, Eric Stahl disagrees. I don't know if you saw the knee on knee hit he took today, but he looked really bad. I yeah, that didn't look good. But um, yeah, so New York moves on. Um, Surprisingly, I thought I really didn't think they were going to have the scoring to keep up with the Capitals, but the Capitals just weren't scoring goals. I mean, right? Where the hell was this? Yeah, very surprising. I've, and I think then, that was um, more of a factor. The Washington just doesn't do well in Game Sevens. I should have historically re- no. Yeah, I probably yeah, should have realized that before. Like that. Um, and then we had this series: Boston and Toronto. God, this. I mean, it, it hurts, but you got to admit that, I mean, this was just a hell of a series. I mean, unbelievable. Oh, it was, you know, I, I think it was my favorite to watch. It was my favorite to watch of the ones I've, I've, I've managed to watch. It had to be. I mean, just because it of how was, close and competitive it was. It was, it was a series. I mean, it was, it's everything you got to love about playoff hockey, unless you're at least, um, I mean, it's, <laughs> you know, lead changes, comebacks, you know, overtime, it was, it was, it was an amazing series. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you get Boston runs away to a, to a 3-1 series lead. You think, you know, okay, that's pretty much going to be it. Toronto battles and, and keeps the series alive, goes all the way to 7. A 4-1 to one lead halfway through the third period and just can't hold on to it. I Someone did the math on this. I think he writes for an Edmonton Oilers blog. He worked it out that that sort of game happens once oh, yeah. every 4,800 years or so. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it reminds, it's like, it's like too perfect, you know, it's too perfectly scripted. It's like, 
you know, going in, to bring us back to the Flyers a little bit, back the year the Flyers, you know, the year the Flyers lost to Scott's Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup, the year they played Boston and and came back from down three games to none. They came back from down three games to none, and then and then in Game Seven they were down three game three goals to none. I mean, like it's just too perfect, you know. It's like, yeah. how, how how does it actually happen that way? Right, it, it, it's like perfect for a Hollywood script. It just doesn't yeah. even doesn't even make sense. Or a um, or an exhibit picture, which I'll post <laughs> yeah, at the exactly. talkback thread for this. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, Donald. I mean, what was your impressions? I mean, watching the series, I kind of listening back to the uh, the podcast. You didn't really give Toronto much uh, much hope. Although in the end, you did pick Toronto. You said Toronto in six, but as you, I think you just picked that because they were your favorite. As you were talking about the series, you kind of like. Really didn't have much faith in them. It sounded like it seems like they knew better than you were expecting them. If you told me at the start of the series that Toronto would go to seven with Boston in Game Seven would be in overtime, I probably I would have been happy with that. Honestly, yeah. I I admit that I picked Toronto in that because it was strictly a homer pick. Yeah, I wanted them to win, but just looking at the past history, the f- that they were able to at least get it to seven was enough and because Toronto was one of the was I think the worst puck possession team in the league all year and the <laughs> fact they actually made the playoffs in some circles was viewed as a miracle yeah but that and I mean you had Kessel had actually a good series I mean yeah. I think he was a little quiet in the first few games but yeah. the, the last half of that series he was actually very good Kessel had um, in Boston too yeah he had three I think he had three or four goals in the series and the thing I was afraid of is that Tyler Sagan would go off and he only had one assist. Of course, that was on right, the no team goals. winner yep. game seven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, no goals. Yeah, so it was sort of the, the reverse there of what you kind of expected out of those two guys. So that, I mean, that was good to see. But And I mean, yeah, it was just exciting. But like you said, ahead of time, seven games, losing overtime, you would have been happy with. But, but then watching it play out and losing the way they lost is just Because when, when you get up 4-1... With, Late in the third. <laughs> with, with, you know, 10 minutes left in the third. I mean, I had the TSN playoff comebacks page up ready to refresh it at the final buzzer in case <laughs> just to see Toronto. You jinxed Boston. it for him. I mean, it's your fault, right? Yeah, there. I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I mean, that building was quiet. I mean, and the team, even Boston, like on the bench, I mean, they just seemed content to lose that game. But and we then... had Claude Julien fired. Yeah. If Toronto had completed the comeback, there is no doubt in my mind that he'd be unemployed right now. But yeah, I mean, even on the bench, he even like he wasn't animated, he wasn't angry. Like he he looked like he was prepared for that loss as well. And then it just the goals started coming in, and it was just unbelievable to score two goals within like thirty seconds with your goalie pulled. That I mean, just that you never that is very rare that happens. Maybe once or twice a year that you right. see the the pull the goalie with two down two goals actually work. Right, but. Uh, Toronto just never, never had it. It never defended the points well, and all those shots that went in off Reimer. You can see it watching the game. It's just Toronto is like playing not to lose. Yeah, and, and which I mean, I guess almost up four one game seven ten minutes to go. It doesn't I can sound like that. a bad you know, plan. It seems like it's an okay <laughs> plan, but once you give up a couple of goals, it's like okay, you got to turn it back on, and they just yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they retired or what. I kind of heard that that. The benches kind of shortened a little bit near the end of that game. They were only given certain guys shifts. I don't, Donald, you'd be able to speak to that more than I'd be yeah, able to. Yeah, well, the team, Boston, but... well, 
Boston's was way worse just because they had lost two defensemen already in that game. I think Chara played 35 minutes, yeah, even with the overtime. But Toronto was, you know, they were running three lines and four defensemen for most of the yeah. third period. But I mean, JP, you're you're a Browns fan. You know what happens when you go into a prevent defense in football. <laughs> the only thing that prevents is winning. <laughs> and that's the thing. I was going to bring up the Browns. It's like I know, I know how you are. I know what it is. I know being a fan of a team that's consistently terrible. <laughs> you know, I understand that. But, but I mean, it, it seems like there's stuff to build off of, right? I mean, do you, are you excited about the future? Or do you feel like this was a fluke season and next year they're not even going to be in the playoffs? Again? I think I, mean, I think this se- this series really ex- really showed why like they had the free Jake Gardner campaign on Twitter. He proving that he is one of their best defensemen. So mm-hmm. hopefully next season Toronto will be they'll play their best lineup more consistently and. Hopefully this playoff experience is a lot like what Boston even had the year they you know, blew a 3-0 lead and a 3-0 lead. Choked while they choked. Year, wasn't it, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Worked out well for both of us. A little better for me, maybe. Just but bit, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, and then maybe you guys will have Luongo, too. Uh, you know what? I think, we can, I think we're fine with Reimer as long as he works on his <laughs> rebound control. Reimer, yeah, Reimer's been all right. Well, I, seen, I haven't watched many leagues games, but he looks all right in the even, yeah, I don't think you guys lost any games because of Reimer. Yeah, and even Roberto Luongo was saying Reimer should be the goalie for Canada when they go to the Olympics next year. Yeah. But I, I've always, you know, like I said on Twitter, as soon as that last goal went in, the, you know, there's a lot of similarities between being a Leafs fan and a Nintendo <laughs> fan, and that was the Wii U launch for the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I don't know if I said something, but I meant to say something tying that into the Browns. I mean, it's just... <laughs> watching it you're watching it implode and you're like how is this happening see i think i think a better analogy would be that's not the wii u launch that's like the december following the wii u launch because you've got all this hype there's actually good stuff initially things look great and then you just cruise into emptiness for the next like four months the launch was great the launch itself if you isolate that it was great it's more like the wii u in february (laughs) exactly it was the next like four months i was gonna say march actually because because you know you had lego city which was game five and you had monster hunter which is game (laughs) six and then oh we only sold thirty five thousand we used this month (laughs) that is game seven overtime yeah that's probably that's a good comparison yeah i I, i'm into it I could I could probably get like six or seven hundred words out of that comparison, honestly. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll send it to one of you when I work on it at work tomorrow, and maybe it'll be on the site. Who go. knows? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a, a blog post we'll put up there. It'll be your thesis. Um, so then now we have Boston against New York, um, and that first game's going on right now, like we talked about. JP, have you given us an update? Is it still? It is still going on. Seven minutes left in overtime, still tied two-two. <sighs> God, yeah, I, I'm going to turn this game on after this if it goes double overtime. you got to love those those double and triple overtimes. Yeah. Everyone's exhausted. Always good stuff. Um, so, yeah, what do we think? I mean, I, I me personally, i got to lean Boston. I think New York was kind of lucky to make it in. A lack of offense, I think, will, will just like we said before, will we'll prevent them from getting any further. I think the injuries that Boston got in the Toronto series. True, true. Again, I'm probably going homer pick here just because at this point <laughs> I want Boston to go down in the most humiliating fashion possible. Yeah. But I think Lundqvist showed he had two consecutive shutouts against Washington, which is a very high-powered offense that he can easily steal one or two games in a series. And New York, I had New York in seven, this one. Okay. What about you, JP? I, I'm going to go with New York. I mean, and I guess it really depends on which New York shows up. 
that they can score. That, I mean, like they don't have to score five a game, but if they can score, they can score a few a game. And Lundqvist can play like Lundqvist. I mean, if they can do that consistently, it's hard to see anyone beating them. But I think they definitely get through this series if they play that way. Okay. So we got a little division. I like the I like this uh, this segment where we've got different picks, which we didn't really have last time. Although, actually, I forgot to mention it. Both JP and I did pick Boston in seven um, last time for Ooh, Boston and Toronto. Right. So Isn't we did have that, that one. Right. Right about oh, <laughs> and breaking news: Boston just took Game One. Brad Marchand got the overtime winner, oh, and I'm now throwing something. <laughs> so my prediction is hey, already there's a reason they play seven games looking more correct yep not over yet we'll see what happens um so let's move over to the western conference now uh the first matchup was the chicago blackhawks the minnesota wild um just a really boring series all around i thought the wild are just a really bad team um yeah that, i mean i don't know how much of this series you guys watched but it was it was besides game one and three which the Hawks actually lost game three in overtime. Like those were the only exciting games. Other than that, it was just the wild just didn't even look like they should be in the playoffs, which they barely made it in. So I they, guess that's fitting. They barely this made it in. Western, uh, this year's Western Conference 8 seeds a little bit worse than last year's Western Conference 8 Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, although yeah. to be fair, Minnesota did lose their starting goalie to injury in the warm-up for game one. Yeah. And, and, when you have a replacement goalie who, although he didn't play very much because he was recovering from MS, yeah, with how that goes and the fact that he was able to at least keep it keep it close and pretty much stood on his head for most of Game Three. Yeah, he he played pretty well actually uh, in Game One, especially, um, and played pretty well throughout the whole series. And then in Game Four was the first time he uh, he got pulled. I think he let in three goals, so they they pulled him and. Brought out their their third string goalie, uh, their AHLer. Oh, you know, actually, in the third game, my mistake. He actually, or fourth game, he got hurt. Jonathan Taves fell on him driving to the net, and it looked like he kind of hurt his leg a little bit. And he finished the first period, and then he didn't return for the rest of the game. That's what it was. Um, so then we had their their third string guy come in, and he didn't do too well. And then they had uh, Harding start the fifth game, played a little bit, let in three goals, looked visibly still hurt. So they went to the AHL guy again, and that was pretty much it. So Minnesota, Minnesota is a, a talented team, and they got they got if they can navigate the salary cap, they got a future. You know, this, this won't be their last year, but this is, this definitely was not their year. No, definitely not. But you're right. A lot of offensive talent that just now they need to get some defense. And really, they're setting goalie as long as Backstrom's fine, which we found out after the, the series is over, he had a sports hernia injury and actually had surgery for it. Ooh. Um. So yeah, he was in bad shape and. I don't know if you guys saw the video. I mean, he was just warming up, just kind of slid side to side to block a shot in the warm-ups, and you could tell right away things weren't right. He kind of crouched over and, and needed to be helped off the ice, and that was it. That was a shock turning on that game and getting the updated news that he wasn't starting. Um, so that's true. A little bad luck for Minnesota. I think he's a little bit of a difference maker. He's a very good goalie, um, but he wasn't there, and I guess that's how things go. So. will be back. Yep, absolutely. Um, so then we had Anaheim and Detroit, which uh, kind of a surprising series, I thought. Um, we All of us picked Anaheim, although I think we did pick it to go six or seven games, so we had the number of games sort of right, but it turned out to be Detroit. Um, yeah, I don't know how much of the series you guys watched, but kind of shocking to me. And Detroit actually came back. They were down 3-2 to two in the series and, and won the final two games um they, and they, to, to win the whole thing losing allocator for a couple games that didn't seem to hurt them all that much actually just the, detroit has so many veteran players i thought 
think yeah. Lidstrom would be their death knell, but still have Datsug and Zetterberg, and sometimes that's all really you need. They have veterans, <laughs> yeah. they have leadership, they've been here before. This is, this is a team that can play like that. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Anaheim hasn't been in the playoffs in a handful of years. A lot of young kids on the team and just didn't come together for him for whatever reason. I mean, got all the way to seven games and just kind of fell apart in the seventh game. Just really wasn't even close. Um, yeah, I think Detroit won three to one or four to one, and that was pretty much it. Although I think I think Anna, one of Anaheim's better better players had a. I think he was playing on a torn ACL for the whole oh, really? for the wow. whole for the for the series. So oh, wow. that will Francois Beauchemin. So that'll really limit your mobility. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's the cup, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> and, and, and like, and I'm used to it in like the NFL of torn ACL is like you're done for the year, that's it. And yep. you played for a whole series. <laughs> wow. Apparently apparently a torn tricep can knock you out, but some people are tough enough that they can play through just about anything. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and so now we have uh, the Blackhawks against Detroit, which is sort of a, a dream matchup for fans of both teams, I think. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, unless uh, unless you're really wanting Detroit to move to the next round, and maybe it's not a dream matchup then. But just last time is conference uh, conference rivals, which is exciting. The only other time you guys will meet in the playoffs for the foreseeable future is if it's for the cup, right? Which really would would make people go crazy over here. Yeah, and uh, the last time the two met, it was in 2009, and the Wings bounced the Hawks uh, 4-1 to and went on to lose to the Penguins, but made it back to the uh, to the finals again. And um, yeah, I think I th- actually think the series will play out the same, just in reverse now. Yeah. Although I'm hoping the Hawks win the Cup, but I think the this, this series will, will play out just in reverse. Detroit is the other team that I want to see go like I like I hate Detroit. Probably not as much as Scott hates Detroit. I hate Detroit and I hate Pittsburgh. Once they lose, I'm just rooting for good hockey. But like this is a team that I I I mean I, I kind of like Chicago anyway, even despite what happened in 2010. But yeah, um, you know I, I would root for anyone. <laughs> now, what if it was Detroit and Pittsburgh back for the cup? Then I would kill myself. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Only option. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny. Over here, I think the, the Detroit-Chicago rivalry has kind of died down a little bit, maybe just because they haven't met in the playoffs in a few years. And I, Detroit just hasn't been as dominant as they were like in the 90s, especially. I remember very Yeah, I'm sure. The 97 team. Yeah. The one specific one that sticks out in my mind. name one, Yeah. So like like now it's a lot more Chicago and Vancouver is sort of the recent rivalry, but um you still kind of get up for these games when it's Chicago Detroit and it, it's just fun to watch the the two teams clash those two iconic jerseys going against each other. But I I have the Hawks in five. I, I don't know what about you, what about you guys? I'm on the same Hawks in five. I think I think Detroit can get a game at home, but Chicago has just been way too dominant for pretty much the entire season. I don't see them stopping until probably at least the finals. <laughs> yeah. And with and then, Vancouver and Anaheim both going out in the first round, that pretty much leaves the door wide open for them. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would love to see Chicago and LA in the conference finals. I think that would be a very good matchup. Um but yeah, what about you, JP? I yeah, I, I, I mean, know you're picking the Hawks, but yeah. Well I wouldn't necessarily pick the Hawks. You know, I'd pick the Penguins. I it's not necessarily that I would, <laughs> I I'd pick with my head, not with my heart, but okay. I, I, I still am picking the Hawks. Um, yeah, no more than five. I think 
very possible that Chicago will mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the first game yesterday, they dominated him. I think, almost doubled the shots. It was like 42 to 22 or 23 or something like that. So, uh, very good game for them and if, first off. If so. Crawford goes down, you have either Ray Emery or Patrick Sharp, apparently. <laughs> or was it or, well, Seabrook. Seabrook. Seabrook? Yeah, Brent yeah, Seabrook. Yeah, that's who it was. Yeah, amazing, amazing play by him. Knocking the puck out of midair, away from the net. Pretty incredible. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all going that way then. Um, and then we had in the first round Vancouver and San Jose. Um, both of you picked Vancouver in five. I took San Jose in seven. We were all sort of wrong, but San Jose did uh, move on in four. The only sweep of the uh, of the first round, which I would have not picked this game for a sweep or this series for a sweep, I should say. This is just you got to learn. This is something to learn. Never pick Vancouver because they will <laughs> never actually move up to the high ever. Yeah, yeah. I I loved how someone was giving me guff in the talk back for the last time I was. Oh in. yeah. Calling, yeah, that saying, got heated. Yes, calling out, saying that the Leafs weren't relevant. Well, who's relevant now, honey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty wild. Um, I mean, just it, just sort of unsettling for Vancouver fans too. I think with their goalie situation. I mean, Luongo starts the first two because Schneider's still hurt. Uh, lose both those games. Schneider comes in. I think plays worse than Luongo, and actually. I think more goals against in those two games with Schneider than with Luongo. Yeah. And now you're left beaten in four games and kind of wondering, well, where do you go now? Yeah, so... The sad thing, the sad thing is right now Vancouver has more question marks in that than the Flyers have. So, I mean, I think they really need to figure the what, what, what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they did not lose games one and two at home because of Luongo. They lost games one and two because they couldn't score any bloody goals. And yeah. then in game three, Schneider gives up five and Luongo throws a shutout in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then Schneider starts four and gives up a handful and that's all she wrote. Um, so do you keep the $50 million goaltender or do you, do you buy him out or what do you do? Because it's not like Vancouver's not lacking for bio candidates beyond Luongo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just a tricky position to be in. I've heard actually some people floating out. Well, why don't you just try to trade Schneider and get like a young, you know, get a draft pick or you know, young young prospects or maybe a superstar for you know, young star for him and gamble that way and keep Luongo. I I don't know. Now it's just it's a mess. I think that's more cap concerns why they're looking to get rid of Luongo because they're pretty much yeah, at yeah, the cap. cap. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and I, I think we're gonna see some maybe front office or. Uh, uh, coach shaking ups uh, near the end of the summer. I would think. I mean, I don't know how long you can keep just doing this. I mean, I think it's not good. I think by the time the entry draft comes around at the end of June, I'm pretty sure that uh, the Adelaide Vigneault is going to be looking for work. Yeah. yeah, and he'll find a job quickly. I'm sure, but yeah, I would think that's got to happen. Yeah, I don't know. This year was weird for the Flyers. I don't know who you blame. Just a lack of defense, really. I mean, I don't know how much you put on the GM. I, don't I, think, know. I, think, I think Snyder's going to give him one more year. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had San Jose in four, uh, surprisingly. I think we were all talking about playoff windows closing, and we all had picked San Jose's window to be much close, much closer to closing, if you will, uh, than Vancouver, but it turned out not to be the case. I will. still open for <laughs> Yes, well... It is correct. Well, no offense to Mr. Lindemann, but uh, I'm not sure they're going to get out of the second round. But more on that later. 
Yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't seem good for them. Uh, and then so we had the final series, uh, the Blues against the Los Angeles Kings, and we all picked L.A. We said in seven, uh, turned about turned out to be in five actually. Uh, six. Uh, no, it was five, wasn't it? Didn't was it? Oh, you're right. It was six. Right. Blues won the first two games, and then Kings won the next four. Yeah. Is that what it was? Okay. I was thinking they won the first one, and then Kings took the next four. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So that's right. Yeah, they lost the the first two games in St. Louis, and then went back to L.A. and then won the next four straight. That's right. Yeah. I, I the only one the only game of this series I really got a chance to watch was Game Six, just because you know West Coast series. It's hard for me to do it when they're four four hours behind me. But yeah, I you pretty I couldn't see them coming back after giving up a goal with two tenths of a second left on the clock in Game Six. Oh, that was amazing! Yeah, end of the second period, I believe. Yeah, or... end of the second yeah. period. Penner lets one go and you know <laughs> get the puck on the net. Good things happen. In this case, you know, two tenths of a second left, and Kings take the lead. Experienced enough. And then to know I, how to I, shut I think it down they, I there. think they, I think they scored pretty early into the third period too, if I'm not mistaken. Within the first minute or two of the third period, I think they even put another one on them, and I think that was that was it. But uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty crazy, but not surprising, I don't think, for LA to come out, just maybe not to come out as dominantly as they did in those last four games. Especially, I mean, quick look shaky in the, those first two games. Yeah. A really bad play on that first overtime. Uh, yeah, that... First overtime. There, there's one of those goals in every playoffs. I remember... Uh, the, I trying to remember who it was for San Jose who, get, who had one sneak through on a Dan Boyle own goal a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was Nabokov. It was against uh, Colorado. the Colorado Avalanche. The game had shot 0-0 going into overtime, and Dan Boyle yeah, goes to throw the puck around the boards and throws it straight at Nabokov, and it just slips in. Amazing. Yeah, that was special. Um, but, yeah, so L.A. progresses as we all picked they, uh, picked they would. Seems like they're coming into form now as the, uh, the cup winner. I heard a kind of interesting stat that if L.A., Chicago, Boston – and um, who else am I looking? Oh, and Pittsburgh all progress. Then it's going to be the the last four cup winners, yeah. uh, against you know against each other to move on to the cup final, which is pretty wild. It's, it's entirely possible. I would think so. <laughs> um, I I didn't pick Pittsburgh. I, I thought oh, Ottawa would right. take. And, yeah, and I didn't. But you two, you two did. I thought I pick I picked Pittsburgh, but I didn't pick the I didn't pick Boston to win. Oh right, right. Because your heart oh, yeah, said no. Yeah, and I didn't either. <laughs> but um, yeah. So now we have LA and San Jose, kind of a fun uh, battle of the the West Coast there. I don't know. It's probably not as heated as the Ottawa and Montreal series was up in Canada. I don't yeah. think there's as many Californian <laughs> hockey fans. They're not quite as diehard about it in California no. as they are in Ontario. But... NorCal versus SoCal isn't much of a much of a hockey rivalry. It's more of a baseball rivalry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, still pretty exciting. Uh, I'm sure, like. We're, I don't know, newspapers and things are very excited because now they don't have to send their beat reporters very far, just like the Chicago and Detroit series. Yeah, Chicago, I, Detroit, LA, San Jose. Very close, Boston, yeah. Boston, New York are pretty close. Really yeah. Not much distance in these series. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, although the, diff- the difference between San Jose and LA, that's like the difference between Toronto and where I am. I guess yeah. I guess that's true. We, we like to think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it, I I've drove from San Francisco to LA before, and it was about 
seven, eight hours maybe. Okay, and so seven San Jose is maybe like an hour off of that maybe. Yeah. So, so outside, I, outside of uh, Kings and Ducks, it would have been hard to do with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going LA in this. I think that's the way we're all sort of leaning, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. And not just because they're up 1-0 and winning 1-0 right now. Or are they already winning the game, this second game too? Yeah, and the yeah. I've got yeah, I've got LA in seven. I think it'll be a tight series most of the way, but in the end I think LA, you know, being the defending champs, be the man, you gotta beat the man, and I'm not confident that San Jose can beat the man four times in seven games. Yeah, no, me neither. It's kind of exciting to see LA get this far. I think it's been a little while since the previous cup winner has progressed, you know, to the second and maybe even third rounds. I know the Hawks didn't do it. Boston was bounced in the yeah, second he, round he last year. First round. Oh, first round. Uh, that's true. That would be the last time. Yeah, it would have been 2008 and 2009. And then the Hawks won it in 10 and were lost in the first round. And then Boston lost in the first round last year. So. And, and if you're looking for boobs in this segment, sorry, Zach. The only boob just got suspended for the rest of the series. Yeah, <laughs> a little Rafi Torres <laughs> reference. Yes. <laughs> you know, I actually didn't think that hit was that bad i don't know i only saw it like once quickly but it didn't look that bad i mean i the hit against hosa i thought was a million times worse which obviously they deemed it was i mean he was suspended nearly 25 games but uh i don't know and this is kind of a weird suspension too i i can't remember the last time i've heard suspending sort of a you know an x amount of games that it just depends how the series plays out. yeah he because he's suspended for the balance of the series i think it's more of a reputation hit than anything because let's face it this is rafi torres we're talking about yeah, absolutely. And if he were going by previous suspensions, he'd be probably out of the league at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess after coming off a, a 20, I think it got reduced to 21 games, but a 21-game suspension, coming off of that, uh, yeah, like uh, four to five games is, yeah, like a slap on the wrist at this point. So, But, uh, yeah, so there you go. I think that's uh, that's our predictions. Not too bad. Uh, we'll see how things play out. I guess by the end of next week, we'll know how things go. So you can look forward to maybe another one of these in two weeks, I guess. And uh, we'll have our conference finals uh, predictions. That'll be good. Yeah. Hopefully another one of us isn't talking about our team being eliminated. Well, there's only... Referring, of course, to myself. Yeah. You're the only one left, <laughs> I'll God. still be talking about my team being eliminated. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. We can we can talk about that. There won't be much to talk about <laughs> these next this next segment segments. There's only four teams to talk about, so we'll uh, we'll have some filler in there. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here. What should we drop I another think? code? Should we drop a code word in to make sure everyone listened again? It was pretty fun. Yeah. Let's uh, use. I don't know. When do you guys pick? I picked pickles yeah, last time. Uh, how about Jeopardy? Okay, yeah, you're a big Jeopardy fan. Let's do that. That's his, in his wheelhouse. Okay, so if you listen to this point, point type of Jeopardy into a talkback thread. And I'll, I can. I'll just take a moment here. If uh, if you like hearing me talk about things that aren't hockey, uh, you can grab me on Nintendo Free Radio. It's at it's at nintendofreeradio.podbean.com or in the talkback and. In a couple of weeks, we'll actually be having JP on the show. <laughs> yes, we just oh. like just before this episode, we set this up, so I gotta um, go listen even more in the backlog. Make sure I'm completely up to date with the format and actually play some games. So I can have something to talk about. That's important. Cool. Well, there you go. So look forward to that in uh, a few weeks' time. Then, 
And um, yeah, that'll do it. So thanks guys for being here. Thanks a lot. Thank All you. right. We'll catch you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.